Hey, would you bow with me this morning? I'd like for you to answer a few questions. You can answer them out loud or just in your heart, whatever you want to do. I'm going to ask some questions. I want you to answer them yes or no. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that he's coming back to get me someday. There's absolutely nothing in my life that I'm putting before him right now. I love Jim Kane's jokes. <laughs> yes or no? I'm going to try my best to do exactly what the Lord tells me this morning as I look into his word. Lord, we just trust you and we love you. We're trying our best to do our best to become the people of the kingdom in the way that we treat each other and more importantly, in the way we lift you up. You're our Savior and our King. We praise in your name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. So last week, I found this statistic while I was getting my sermon together that really haunted me quite a bit. And according to the most famous study out on deception today, most people lie two to three times in any given 10-minute conversation. Is that crazy? We're liars. According to the statistics in this study, we lie about everything. We lie about our motives. We lie about why we were late. We lie about what we actually said. We cheat on our taxes. We cheat on our expense accounts. We cheat on our resumes. We lie to our spouses. We lie to our kids. We lie to our bosses. We even lie when we play. What'd you get on that hole? Oh, put me down for a six. What's that even mean, put me down for a six? What that means is I actually got a seven, but it hurts my soul to think I got a seven, plus I can't do a good score, so just put me down for a six. I'd like you to put me down for a five, but that would make me a big, fat liar. Uh, This is a Goldilocks lie. You know, it's not too big, it's not too small, it's just right. That's human nature. Angie asked me just last week, how come you and Eric Gilpin didn't play as much golf as you did in previous years last year? And I said, would you want to play with the cheater? And she said, well, no. And I said, neither does Eric. No, I'm just kidding. I know she didn't golf either. But that's just who we are. I mean, we all want to tell the truth. We all want to be speakers of the truth. But we all want to keep a little lie in our back pocket in case we need it. One little girl in Sunday school class put it like this. A lie is an abomination unto the Lord and a very present help in trouble. We're in trouble. I mean, we're talking about this a lot these days from the pulpit. We can't find the truth anywhere. And it's too bad because you and I are kingdom people, and we at least find it here. This is what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Again, you've heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oath you've made to the Lord. But I tell you, don't swear at all, either by heaven, for that's God's throne, or by the earth, because that's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And don't swear by your head, You can't make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that, he says, comes from the evil one. Yes or no, he says. Now, I know this sounds pretty simple. It even sounds a little boring until we remind ourselves what we've been talking about here week after week and how we treat each other and how we go about life is a heart deal. It's not about rules and regulations. And anytime you start talking about the heart, it's anything but boring. 
And, uh, you know, I've also told you I've been looking at a lot of people. I've, I've been in Robertson and Brewer and Max Locato and Wearsby and Barclay and Ortberg, a lot of Ortberg and Bob Russell. My point is a lot of things written about what we've been talking about lately because it's so intrusive and it's so to the heart. And again, it's not about rules and regulations. It's about who we are in here, kingdom people. Now, I'll give you a, a good example of that. Pretty soon, if she has not already, Sarah is going to have to change her driver's license from Kansas to Indiana. Bless her heart, she gets to put God's country on her driver's license. But anyway, all she has to do is go down to the BMV and take a test. Because that's all it is. It's just about rules. It's not about the heart. No policeman ever pulls you over and says, hey, <laughs> what I, I, I want to know what's going on in here. Do you, do you, deep down in your soul, do you believe in the rules and regulations of the road of India? I mean, I've never had a cop pull me over and say, well, Mr. Kane, it's, it's pretty obvious you weren't speeding, but I can tell in your heart you wish you could go faster. So I'm going to give you a verbal warning on contempt. Oh, nobody's ever said to me, uh, Mr. Kane, you were doing everything just right, but I can tell in your heart you, you think you're better than anybody else driving out here. You think anybody drives faster than you is an idiot? You think anybody drives slower than you is a moron? You've even told that to the people at your church. I'm going to have to give you a ticket for vehicular self-righteousness. That never happens, okay? Because all they're concerned about is that you and I follow the rules. That's all the rules of the road are in Indiana. By the way, some of you are good at keeping them, and some of you are real good at not being caught breaking them. In fact, a little survey here. Raise your hand if you haven't had a ticket in five years. Ten years. You need to know that everybody in here could care less on that, and you're going to get caught sooner or later. Okay, here's the deal. This, this whole series is not about, it's, it's not about rules and regulations. It's Jesus' intention to change who we are from the inside out and how we deal with people, especially today they need this. And I'm going to warn you up front, at least for me anyway, this teaching, when I drop my defenses on this, it beats snot out of me. You talk about bloody toes. I was bloody on this thing. But I'll heal up. Everything will be okay. And if you get bloody on this thing, you'll be okay. Do not swear at all, Jesus said. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, what do you suppose he's getting at here? I mean, really. I think the easiest place to find this is to just go back when you were a kid. Because kids, man, it's easy to them. Here's how they determine if they're doubting anything you say at all. They ask the question because there's one question that kids can ask that nobody would violate. It's unthinkable. You know what question it is? Do, no. Do you promise? Can we go to the Jiffy Treat tonight after church? Yeah, I think so. Do you promise? Okay, I promise. Then you're going because nobody would violate that. You know what I mean? And with kids, it even gets deeper than that because they'll say to one another, you promise? Cross my heart and hope to die. Hope to die? And it gets nastier than that. They'll say, cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. I mean, that's sick stuff right now. I understand the theory behind that. If you lied and you're dead, then who cares if they stick a needle in your eye? But it's silly stuff. You know what I'm talking about? We do the same thing. As adults, it's just a little more sophisticated. We go into court and put our hands on the Bible. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth will help you, God? See, here's my question this morning. Why in the world do we have to do that? Why do we have to promise to begin with? That leads to point number one this morning, and here it is. We're all a bunch of liars. All of us. And I hate to say that out loud, but it's the truth. Let's do a little mass confession, make you feel better, get it off your chest. I'll ask the questions you know, raise your hand, you know the drill. 
Have you ever been pulled over for speeding and told the officer, I had no idea I was going that fast, I'm sorry, when you knew exactly how fast you were going. You drive like Jeff Gordon on steroids and you knew it. Have you ever told somebody you were late and made this big excuse why you're late when the the truth is you were just late? Have you ever told your kids, it's 8 o'clock, time for bed when it's only 7.30? (laughs) Craig Jackson told his kids one time, he said, hey, it's time for bed. And he said, Dad, Luke, his oldest, said, Dad, we can't go to bed, the sun's out. Luke, (laughs) Craig said, Luke, it's the vernal equinox. It'll be up all night. Go to bed. (laughs) If you've ever lied to anybody about anything, raise your hand. Now look around. This is a group of slippery, shady characters right here, and we need to be careful. That's the backdrop for what Jesus is teaching here. He knows we all want to be part of the truth. That's why we're here. But he also knows we're not fooling him, that we like to keep one in the back pocket in case we need it. And so he's reminding us that we're kingdom people, and we need to act that way. You've heard this said, don't, don't break your oath. Keep your vows to God. Listen, this has got nothing to do with keeping oaths. The oath deal is all about loopholes. Always has been. Yesterday, I got to go down to uh, Paint Town, fish a little bit, and I was just on the docks trying to catch crappie, and I had some minnows, and I, I, had, I hooked about a seven-and-a-half-pound bass. He got off just at the... You believe that, don't you? Sure. Yeah, Saturday morning. The sun came up, all that snow was gone at my house. I know it's awful early, but I found 15 mushrooms Saturday. Yeah, no, no, you believe me, right? I, I swear on the temple. I swear on my mother-in-law's grave. She doesn't have one. She will one day, you know what I mean? I swear on my children. I swear to God. Oh, okay, then you must have. See, that's the game we play. Jesus said, why are you playing that game? See, we make oaths because we have a tendency to lie. We, we interject stuff into the truth that's not really truth, and we omit things, and we twist things, and we move things around. Jesus says, I want you to become the kind of person that says, this is what happened, this is the way it happened, this is what I'm going to do about it, and people believe you because that's the, the truth. That's the way you are. This is not about taking an oath. I've heard people say, well, if I ever have to go to court, I'm not taking an oath because Jesus said don't take an oath. That's not what this is about. Charles Swindoll says, when Jesus says, make no oath at all, is he disavowing all oaths? Is he telling our president not to put his hand on the Bible and swear that he'll uphold the Constitution? I don't think so. Jesus' comment has to do with the vows that are added to a statement, thinking that the additional promises will make the statement more trustworthy. It won't. It won't. He says the point is our words ought to stand on their own. When a monosyllable will do, why waste your breath on a polysyllable? Once again, keep it simple. Say yes or say no. Verbosity is no guarantee for veracity. He says anybody can do that. This is easy to understand. I can do that. Well, he says, let me probe a little deeper. Let's suppose you promise you'll pay off a portion of a debt every month. Are you doing that? Let's go deeper. Are you doing it on time? Go a step further. Let's say you need a tool, so you borrowed it from your neighbor. You promised you'd return it as soon as you're finished. Have you? Yeah, I'll get you. <laughs> hey, and I'll get your rope back quick. It's pretty there. <laughs> you promised you'd be true to your mate, are you? At a serious moment of conviction, you promised your Lord that you would stand up for Him always. Have you been doing that? He says there's no need to add a lot of additional words or high-sounding oaths to all of our reassurances. Just do it. Just do what you say. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I dated this gal several years ago, and she was gorgeous and funny and just a blast to be with. And we went out, I don't know, three or four times, and then I got busy and I didn't call her. 
And so she called me and she said, uh, I, I got your message. What, what, what's up? And I said, well, I didn't call you. She said, oh, I'm sorry. My mom said you called and left a message. I was pretty suspicious about that because I didn't remember doing it. Pretty, so we went out three or four more times, and sure enough, she just lied. I didn't call her. She wanted me to call her back. And I wasn't mad about that. I was flattered by that. In fact, I wanted to marry her. I did marry her. You believe that story, don't you? I swear on the temple. <laughs> Do you see what Jesus is getting at here? This is about everyday life. This is about how you and I are living every time we open our mouth. It's a heart thing. It's not a rule thing. If we made it a rule thing, we could play the technical thing. Technically, I didn't lie. How many times have I heard that? Well, technically, I didn't tell a lie. There's a preacher who lives in California. He named the bathroom in his office Arizona. He named his bathroom Arizona. That way, if he gets a phone call he doesn't want to take, he can get in the bathroom. His secretary says, I'm sorry, he's in Arizona today. That's supposedly a true story. We laugh at that. But that's what we all do. Technically, I didn't lie. Jesus said, stop that. Stop it. Because the intention behind that is to deceive somebody, and you're a kingdom person. We don't do that. Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? It's desperately wicked. My heart is. Your heart is. That's why Philippians chapter 4 says, guard your heart. That's why Solomon says, it's the wellspring of life. Jeremiah 17 says, you know, our hearts, which are capable of, man, wonderful, loving, graceless, merciful stuff, is also very capable. In fact, they have a propensity to produce deceitfulness and evil by the way we speak and the things that we omit, the gestures of our body language, facial expressions, all those things. It's just who we are. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And if you don't believe me, just talk to somebody today and listen to some of their stories. You'll be going, is that really, you know? Go home and turn on the TV and watch a commercial. Turn on the social media just today and look. The power in our words today to manipulate people, to soundbite people, like we talked about last last week, to keep us all mad at each other, which is working really good, to get us to feel certain things and think certain things, and more importantly, to get us to spend money. That's what this is all about. It's the power of our words. And the basic function of the world right now boils down to this. How can I make sure I say the right things and manipulate the right people so I can get my way, my little kingdom, like we talked about last week? Jesus said, no, 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 you're kingdom people. Don't use your words to manipulate people to get your way. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. The world is counting on it, which leads to number two. Being honest people is going to involve a lot of trust on our part, lots of trust, because anxiety comes with being honest. The immediate question becomes is, how in the world am I going to get my way if I can't manipulate words? And the short answer is you won't. You won't get your way. You have to trust God and His way, which we should be doing all alone. So the challenge this morning for us this week is let's just stop lying. Just say, you know, I'm not going to lie anymore. And listen, you'll have to speak that out loud. You'll have to come up to the table, and you'll have to get on your knees, and you'll probably have to do it over and over and over again because we're not going to drift that way. I'm telling you, we're going just the opposite. I've told you this before, but it's been about 10 years ago, so some of you might not know this, but the most famous story in American history about telling the truth is George George Washington and the cherry tree. Remember, Dad said, who cut down this cherry tree? And he said, I can't tell a lie. It was me. Well, according to Parson Weaves, who wrote a biography on George Washington's life and times, that story never happened. 
That's what we're up against. The most famous story in American history to prove truth-telling is a lie. We're going upstream on this thing. Man, we used to be shocked if people lied to us. Today we expect it. When I was a kid, listen to me, when I was a kid, if a politician stood and lied, we were shocked by that. President Nixon got impeached for lying. He did not get impeached for bugging the Democratic Convention. He got impeached for lying to the Congress about it. Could you imagine what would happen in our government today if we impeached every one of them who lied? Wouldn't have any. Ronald Ziegler, the White House spokesman during all that, that mess, he got up in the camera and told a bold-faced lie. I mean, right to the camera. And he got caught. And so the next day I had to give another speech, and you know what he said? He said, the statement I made yesterday is now inoperative. Inoperative. How convenient. Honey, I know I said I'd be home by five, but that statement's now inoperative. Kids, I know I promised to take you fishing this weekend, but that statement's now inoperative. And my point is, if we're going upstream on this big time. This is going to take a lot of work for us to be the kind of people that Jesus wants, and we got to be. Some of you grew up in a home that just lied all the time. Some of you in a home right now where that goes on. You lie to get out of conflict. You lie to get your way. Your mom calls into work, says, I'm sorry, I'm not coming in today. I'm sick. She's fine. Phone rings. Dad answers it. I'm sorry, she's not here right now. She's sitting right there. You're in a home that's used to lying all the time. Can I remind you of something? We're not supposed to be that way. And listen, you're not fooling anybody anyway. You might fool your kids for a little bit. When you lie, though, when they grow up, they're going to they're gonna remember it. And I've told my sons-in-laws for years, when you're out playing golf on the golf course and you tell somebody you've got a seven and you actually got a six, everybody you're playing with knows you're not fooling anybody. Tell the truth, Jesus says. Be different people, Jesus says. And listen, this is another one of those things, well, all of the things. He didn't just teach it, he lived it. John 1.14, the Bible says, The Word became flesh and lived among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Oh my goodness, was Jesus full of truth. When you squeezed Him, truth came out of Him. And how do we know that? Because every time He was under pressure, that's what came out was the truth. And you and I need to make the decision today. That's the way we're going to live our lives, period. Even if I'm under pressure, I'm going to tell the truth because Jesus did. And again, we'll have to say it out loud and we'll have to preach it out loud because even though we know that's right, all of us in here, including yours truly, wants to keep a little bit of deception in a back pocket in case we get our backs up against the wall. The challenge for you today is the challenge for me today during communion. We're going to take that deception out of our pocket and throw it on the floor and go home without it because we don't need it. The truth's what sets us free. We need to be truthful, courageous people. That's who we are. Very quickly, number three, I'm not going to lie to you about this this morning. There will be a cost. There's always a cost when you make that kind of a move. And, and the cost is going to be pain. I mean, let's admit it. The reason why we lie to, be, to begin with is to avoid pain. You decide to be an honest person the way Jesus wants you to be, it's going to cost you. And the first pain is going to be you're going to have to make no more casual promises. You know how we do that? Yeah, I'll be over this afternoon to take care of that. You had no intention of coming over this afternoon. Yeah, I'll turn that down. You had no intention of turning that down. Yeah, I'll do this. You had no intention. So why did you tell me you're going to do that? I don't Shut me up to make me like you? I don't know, but one way or another, <laughs> if you're going to be an honest person, no more casual promises. If you say it, you do it, or you don't say it. 
Proverbs 101, verse 7, God says, No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. Ouch. And again, the idea is not that God won't let you in the house. The idea is you won't want to be in God's house. God's house is full of truth. There's no lie in it. And if you like to lie, you're not going to want to be around him. So that makes the opposite true. If you decide to lie and to be that kind of a person, you must not want to be in God's presence. Here's the thing about lying. It's just addictive. We know how it goes. You tell one, you got to tell this one, you got to tell that one. And at first you feel really bad about it. You can't even sleep at night. But then pretty soon it's not even a blip on the old moral radar anymore. Somebody says, what in the world's that got to do with being in God's house? Are you kidding me? This is God's house. And this is God's house. And you and I were created for this house to be a part of that house. And that can't happen if we can't trust each other, if we're not honest with each other, if we're not full of integrity. There'll be a cost involved to do what we got to do. Secondly, we'll have to speak the truth and love to each other. And oh my goodness, that's getting harder and harder and harder to do. Uh, this political correctness stuff is out of control. Because if you tell the truth now about anything, you're hating somebody. Well, if we're going to be honest people, guess what we have to do? We have to love people enough to end love, tell them the truth. Whether it's popular or not. I mean, you just have to. The world is counting on that from us. Are you doing it or not? And then lastly, this one's the most painful probably, is you're going to have to let the Lord tell you the truth. That's hard to do. Man, is it good, though. Classic example of that is in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. The rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if Jesus wanted to be politically correct and he wanted everybody to love him, he, he was so thoughtful and easy along with, he could have said, you're doing fine. Just keep going the way you're, you'll be all right. But the Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Loved him enough to tell him the truth. He said, pal, your money is killing you. It's killing you. You need to sell everything you got and give to the poor. Come follow me. That's one of the most beautiful things about communion to me is if you let him you know, after we, that's why we moved everything to the end so the Holy Spirit can come work on us, what we've been singing, what we've been studying. And my challenge to you this morning, and to me, come on, it starts here, I've already told you that, is to come up here and let him be honest with you this morning. I mean, you want to change who you are, right? So do I. What would he be saying to you? I, I mean, I don't know. What would he be saying to you this morning? I'm going to tell you the truth. Your stuff is killing you. This drive for more money and more stuff is killing you. It's breaking you down physically. It's keeping you away from your family. It's killing you. Stop it. Would he say that to you? What did he say to you this morning? I, I'm going to tell you what, this pornography, it's killing you. It's destroying your marriage. It's destroying your heart. Turn it off. This drive of yours to be right about everything, so you get on social media and you post your opinion. If anybody disagrees with you, speak now. It's killing your reputation. People are talking about how you treat people online. It's killing you. Stop it. Gossip is killing you. I mean, what, what, what would he say to you this morning? Here, here's what I'm telling you. Let him say it. Because he loves you so much. He wants you to drop it at his feet today. What did he say to you this morning? Stop bucking me. You've been thinking about this for a long time. Drop your pride. Come up and talk to Jimmy Kane. Give your life to me. Spend some time with him right up here and let him speak to you.